From the Islamic Institute of Toronto, this is Mamun Hassan and you are listening to Friday Decoded. Your khutbah today, Sheikh, was uh, uh, about the universality, uh, as you mentioned, um, of the Hajj. Tell me what uh, what the motivation is behind this khutbah today. Motivation behind this is sometimes, uh, you know, Muslims like others uh, try to have a narrow-minded approach. This Friday, we spoke to Sheikh Ahmad Kuti. He's a senior imam and lecturer at the Islamic Institute of Toronto. Uh, when we, you know, we we are not so open interacting with others, uh, we should know that the message of Islam is uh, is addressed to all of humanity to unite, to come to common terms, uh, oneness of God Almighty and oneness of human family. This is the main message of Islam, and Islam does not uh, want us to have battles with other religious communities, rather to communicate with them and to cooperate with them in everything that is good. And Islam did not uh, ever, ever allow Muslims to force this message down the throats of others. And the message delivered by Rasulullah expressed it most beautifully. Because he addressed all of humanity, Ya Ayyuhan Nas, O humankind. He did not say, Ya Ayyuhal Muslimun, O Muslims. He did not say, Ya Ayyuhal Arab, O Arabs. He said, Ya Ayyuhan Nas, O humankind, Isma'u Qawli. Pay heed to the message I am delivering you. فَإِنِّي لَا أَلْقَاكُمْ بَعْدَ عَامِ هَذَا I don't hope to meet you in this place after this year. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him intimation of his appointment with the Lord. It's time for him because he has completed that mission and he is about to take leave. Therefore, in that final delivered farewell message, he did not address Muslims alone, he addressed humankind. Why? Uh, yes, we should cooperate with one another, we should emphasize that common bond, sacred bond of humanity. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us in Surah Al-Hujrat. Many times people, you know, always forget the fact that the word Ummah is used in two different sense in the Quran, also in the Constitution of Medina. Uh, the first sense is the Ambarla Ummah, meaning Muslims, Christians, Jews as one Ummah. And then under this, there is Ummah of Muslims, Ummah of Yahud, Ummah of Christians. Take Surah Al-Anbiya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enumerates, narrates briefly the messages of different prophets. After having done so, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna hadihi ummatukum ummatan wahida. Allah did not just mention Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and say, Inna hadihi ummatukum ummatan wahida. This is one of the major mistakes our khutaba and leaders make. Because when they use this word, they think it refers to Muslims. No, it refers to all of humanity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala names all these prophets and then says, Inna hadihi ummatukum ummatan wahida. This ummah, humankind is one ummah. وَأَنَا رَبُّكُمْ فَعْبُدُونَ And I am your Lord, so worship me. And then Allah says, فَتَقَتَّعُوا But you know what happened? Humankind split up into sects and religious communities, dividing each, creating these barriers. This message is quite contrary to um, a lot of messages that come across from, from the East for, for far too long, I think, for way too long. Uh, what we've been hearing is that there is this um, rhetoric of animosity um, against other nations, that there is a fight, that there is almost kind of a, a military type of military type of talk. Uh, where did that come from? Well, actually, uh, this is historical because uh, it has nothing to do with the religious understanding or religious message. If you look at the history of Islam, Islam spread to areas where Muslims never entered, uh, uh, soldiers never went. You know, the biggest nation on the face of the Muslim nation is Indonesia. No single soldier went there. The same thing, millions of people in Malaysia, half of the population, no soldier went there in China and also in South India. So why is this rhetoric? This rhetoric is because of the social and the political condition of many of these nations. So they are reacting because the West has waged wars against America, especially has you know waged wars against these countries for economic reasons or. Uh, domination and, and they are reacting to this condition. There is no justification for that to use religion, but of course they have a right to stand up for their rights and, and they have a right to use religion properly, but not in the way they have been doing it. You know, because if you look at the history of Islam, Muslim interaction with the non-Muslims, actually Muslims were welcomed as saviors and peacemakers everywhere. Even in South India, where I come from, the Hindu kings welcomed Muslims, actually, and they gave them land, built, you know, places of worship, and they, they preferred them to Christians, actually. You know, when the Christian imperials came, they made Muslims the leaders in, 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 in defending themselves. Mm -hmm. Hindus and, and Muslims together defended mm -hmm actually and and they were welcomed and they were treated with hospitality and generosity and things like that we become uncritically you know citing these traditions of the context believe me vast majority of these traditions are fabricated The only authentic source for us is the Quran and the well-attested traditions. And they are very few. Most of these traditions that are circulating in the internet and preached by scholars, 
they are pure fabrications or dubious. As Muslims, we need to be critical because this is the lesson Allah teaches in the story of Ibrahim You spoke about being critical of uh, the narrative that's being passed on to you. Um, yes. You, you have to think of, is it political, is it religious? No, I'm talking about the so many of these fake traditions that are people are circulating through the internet and also, for instance, it's a very common understanding, thinking among Indo-Pak people where I come from, that if you send your child to memorize the Quran, mm-hmm. he is going to be a ticket for the whole family to Jannah. Mm-hmm. Actually, Prophet Wasallam said to his own daughter Fatima, Fatima, save yourself. I mm-hmm. cannot save you. Mm-hmm. So how can somebody... You know, and there was an article in New York Times yeah. that this journalist uh, interviewed a, a young man who was initially in Taliban, but mm. then he repented the militarism and shunned that kind of uh, lifestyle. And then he was interviewed and he said as a child he was taught, uh, his mother forced him to memorize the Quran, and she told him that, look, you are going to be our ticket to Jannah. Mm-hmm. The whole family will be taken to Jannah. Uh, and this is exactly what is in circulation here. Mm-hmm. And vast majority of people I know, and they believe this. If you study the life of Aisha, actually most of what our scholars preach in the name of Islam in the sight of Aisha will be purely irrational, inconsistent with the teaching of the Quran. Because she has no patience for that. Any tradition that people cited in front of her, which contradicted the fundamental teaching of the Quran, she would reject it and say, Prophet would never say that. So I want all of us, be careful what you cite, what you read, the vast majority of people are not really ready, ready in a sense to kind of think critically about religion. They're just not fundamental, like the, the fundamentals of, of religious education itself, like the, the foundation of how people can become critical when it comes to religious uh, studies. No, what I meant is, I know this, there is not much time there to elaborate. I was talking about reflection and thinking of holistic, the whole universe, you know, as, 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 a, as a book you know, reflective, contemplation of nature, and also asking questions whether something we are taught, you know, is rational and scriptural. In Islam, we have two chairs, actually. Two chairs. One is the reason, another is the scripture. Mm-hmm. And we need to check both. Our understanding of the Quran, we have to say, is it rational? Mm-hmm. And what we believe as reason is it contradicted by scripture, mm-hmm. but clear teaching of the scripture. Of course, we have examples for this in, in the life of Aisha, for example, and other scholars of Islam. So what I, you know, I know this is a big issue, but I'm just making people aware that our religion, you know, is harmonizes with the reason. This has been Friday Decoded from the Islamic Center of Toronto. Our podcast is produced by the IIT media team. That is Tahmeed Shadman, Muhammad Yasin, Hussam Al-Akbari, and yours truly. 
Our audio track includes no music instruments and produced by the talented Elias Mao. Check him out at EliasMao.com. If you liked our podcast, please email, like, share, and rate us. We love to hear from you. Our email address is media at islam.ca. My name is Mamun Hassan and Assalamu alaikum.